believes in the power of praying, go on and start praying for me. Because I came to war against some very specific demons today. Amen. Trying to give everybody their opportunity to stay right there for a minute. You fine. Everybody their opportunity to move while they can. Because I have a specific assignment today <clears throat> to fight against some entrenched demonic forces. Now I need everybody in this room to get in your mind that stubborn thing that won't let you go. you to get it I need you to get that thing in your head that stubborn thing that stubborn thing that thing you keep telling God I'm sick of this but it don't seem to want to let you loose huh I came to fight against an entrenched enemy father in the name of Jesus as we begin this word Your word says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Your word also says greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. So God, I come against every entrenched demon trying to uproot seeds of your people, trying to distract and to sway us into behaviors outside of your will. Lord, give me the strength to deliver this word with precision and power, with signs, wonders, and miracles following in the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen. Now clap your hands. Y'all ready for the word of the Lord? All right. All right. Now, you can go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 9. We're still dealing with prayer. And we're going to keep dealing with prayer. Until I get some more instructions. Amen. I'm specifically dealing with prayer as a precursor to miracles. Prayer as a precursor to miracles. Can you just Turn to the person to your left or right and just tell them it's never too hard. No, see, wrong person. Turn to somebody else. <clears throat> tell them it's never too hard. Notice I didn't say it's never hard. Notice I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything about it's never hard. I said it's never too hard. 
Amen. Some of us, if we're going to be honest this morning, I missed y'all. Hey, how y'all doing? Y'all miss me back? All right. Me and Jay, we missed y'all. Amen. Had a wonderful vacation, but I missed y'all. All right. Amen. Vacation was so good, we need a vacation from the vacation. Some of us, if we're going to be honest this morning, have some areas in our life where our faith is weak. See, amen, half a person. We've been in these certain situations so long, or we've seen certain behaviors so much that we're living as if the broken conditions in our life are permanent. I won't take my time. I said, we've been in places and positions and mindsets and we've seen certain things for so long that we have normalized them to the point that we now believe that the brokenness is normal. It's just the way that it is. Or it's always going to be just like this. Anybody ever been there? Living as if where I am is permanent. This mentality is permanent. This disease is permanent. This, this habit is permanent. This frustration is permanent. That's a lie. Today I want to speak a word to ignite our faith and really propel us so that we walk into the miraculous consistently. See, here's the thing. We think signs, wonders, and miracles visit. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says signs, wonders, and miracles should follow them that believe. So as long as my belief is consistent, the miraculous should be just as consistent as my belief. Are y'all in the room? And I want to speak a word not just to you, but I want to speak a word to somebody who's trying to break some stuff off your whole household. So as we turn to Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, and see some of us are so broken you don't care about your household being delivered right now. Amen. We'll get to them later. I'm messed up. But the truth is, their victory is often tied to yours. Just like their defeat is. Some of the brokenness that we're dealing with in our children is because we're broken. Amen. Mark chapter 9. When they came back, verse 14. Verse 14, Mark 9, 14. We there? When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him, that's Jesus, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. He asked them, what are you discussing with them? One of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit 
which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, stiffens out. I told you disciples to cast it out. They couldn't do it. He answered them and said, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. When he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. He asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that, a crowd was rapidly gathering. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him. Do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him and he got up. When he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? He said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. Matter of fact, the Matthew version of this text adds by prayer and fasting. Orlando, run me all the way back to verse 14. I needed to read the whole story because some of us are dealing with this kind. Y'all hear me? You know that last verse? This kind can't come out but by some of us are dealing with some this kinds. And we're trying to get victory when we're not in position to be victorious. Now I'm going to walk slowly through this text. Keep your Bibles open. Mark up anything you got to mark up. This is pretty much all up. If I make it past verse 18, I'll be happy. They came back to the disciples, saw a large crowd. Watch. Some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the crowd saw him, who's him? Thank you. When the crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. Who's him? Good. 16. He asked them, what are you discussing with them? Watch. One of the crowd answered him, teacher. I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. I need to do 17 and 18. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not 
do it. Let me give you a couple of points. Number one, it took faith for the father to even bring the boy. It took faith for the father to even bring the boy. Why, Bishop? Here, here's, let me give you three reasons. One, the father had to get past the embarrassment that comes by revealing and telling the truth about his condition. Are y'all in this room? Some of us, we can't get free because we can't get past the embarrassment that comes from being honest. I said it took faith for the father to even bring the boy. It's a crowd. Everybody's gathered. As a matter of fact, he didn't bring the boy to Jesus first. He brought the boy to the disciples. I'm going to come back to that point in a minute. And it took faith for him to even have enough courage to bring his boy out in the open when this boy was suffering from a severe demonic possession. This boy was not oppressed. The Bible doesn't say he was oppressed. It says he was possessed, which means that, watch this, because a believer cannot be possessed. Believers are oppressed. An unbeliever can be possessed. So I got to bring my unbelieving possessed son in a crowd that might judge me and him. But watch this, when I want to be free bad enough, I don't care what anybody got to say about my circumstance. Amen. So first of all, you had to get past the embarrassment that comes from revealing and telling the truth about his condition. Some of us, I'm challenging you this morning, stop worrying about what people think. It's the truth anyhow. I'm going through this. I'm going through this. Why are you trying to hide it when your victory is in revealing it? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Number two, second reason here, watch this. If I'm going to, if I'm going to come before the Lord like this father did, duh, did, I have to stop accepting the presence of demonic activity in my life. One more time. I got to stop accepting it. Many of us are literally like we know something's wrong, and you keep letting it be wrong. Y'all still ain't here. Just because it's been going on a long time don't mean it's right. Just because you've never seen it better don't mean it can't get better. Just because this is the way it's always been doesn't mean God doesn't have a way of breaking always off your life. There were some people in Egypt that were born in Egypt, but God still gave them a promise. Just because you've always been bound don't mean that God don't have a Moses that'll let you go. Amen. So watch this. I have to stop accepting the presence of demonic activity in my life. Watch this. And I have to recognize that demonic activity in my life is not God's best for me. I got to start believing, watch this, that deliverance is not only possible, but it's God's will. He wants you delivered. He wants us delivered. And some of us right now, nah, Bishop, you don't know how hard it is. See, see, I knew, I knew this morning as I was praying that this was going to be one of those words. Because I'm looking at the room. 
And as I, as I scan the room, some of you think your circumstance is bigger than your God. And you have become so resigned to this is just the way it is. This is just the way it's always going to be. But I thought we were a supernatural people. I thought we, were, we walked in signs, wonders, and miracles. I was talking to a friend of mine last night. He says, I think one of the biggest farces in the body of Christ is the apostolic church. I said, whoa, what do you mean? He said, it's, it's one of the biggest shams in the body of Christ. I said, why do you say that? He said, because how are we the apostolic church, but we not walking in the power of the apostles? I'll take it even further, make it simpler. Some of us need to stop calling ourselves Christians. Because a Christian is a believer and follower of our Lord Jesus Christ. If my behavior doesn't say that I believe and follow, I am not what I'm claiming to be. Amen? So I have to stop allowing the presence of demonic activity in my life to be normalized. Some of us right now need to tell some of those circumstances and situations, you're not supposed to be here. Three, I have to get past, watch this, here's the hard one, the very real feeling that I'm tired of fighting. This, this father has been dealing with this with this boy since this boy has been a little child. Inevitably, I'm sure he was tired of seeing these episodes. It is possible to know something's wrong but still be tired. Anybody in this room ever been tired? Okay, listen. Okay, hands down, hands down, hands down. If we're going to get victory today, we're going to need to be honest. Tired. Like, Lord, I know this ain't right, but I'm sick of fighting it. So I have resigned myself that I'm just going to let that be. Amen. I'm going to let whoever be stupid. I'm going to let that be just the way it is. I have just resigned to let it be. But here's the reality. Watch. Some stuff you can't let be. Because some of the things that you're ignoring are killing you. Okay. Last year, last year during grass cutting season, as I was running my lawnmower over the back, over my backyard, I started noticing, I started noticing there was an area of my yard that wasn't looking quite right, Sean. It wasn't looking quite right. Um, but I'm busy. And I ain't got time. And I just kept cutting the grass. I'm cutting it, but this area, it ain't looking right. As the grass cutting season progressed, Deacon Sanders, the area of my yard started getting bigger. But the rest was still green. So I ain't too much worried about that. We fix it later. I ain't worried about it. You know, kept getting bigger, but I still got green areas. Watch this. My front yard was beautiful. That front yard, it was mulched. That's what people can see. Okay, y'all not in here. <clears throat> that backyard, them brown spots was growing, but my front yard was edged. It was mulched. 
The hostas was looking nice, was trying to keep it together. I had the beds real nice and defined, but that backyard, the brown, was getting bigger and bigger. And so watch, the leaves fell, and when the leaves fell, because the season was changing, it was masking the reality of what I had ignored. Then when I looked out, all I saw was this, all I saw was the leaves. And, and you know, since, since raking the leaves would have revealed what I had ignored, I decided not to rake the leaves. Y'all still not in here? Because raking the, raking the leaves would have been too much of a revelation of what I had ignored when I actually had the opportunity to fix the problem. And so I just let the leaves stay over it because at least it just looked real pretty like fall. So, oh, y'all, 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 y'all. And then, then I didn't rake the leaves. Who's, who's bothering with all of them leaves in the backyard? Then the snow comes. The snow comes. I now have a nice, pretty. But see, I'm in a different season. Please understand the season of the fall with the, with the unraked leaves was under the snow. And up underneath the leaves was still the, the, the brown spots that I had ignored. And now that we are about to go into grass cutting season again, we are now, some of us have already done our first cut. Everything that I have ignored, I figured out that through the fall when I let the leaves cover it up it was actually expanding and in the winter when it was looking so beautiful and beneath the leaves underneath that it was still expanding now I got a whole backyard that's almost 80% brown my front yard still green is coming up beautifully. Watch what people see when they drive down the street still looks good. I come against that fake phony spirit in this room today because watch some of you got a beautiful green front yard but back behind watch this the area where you can actually find leisure and peace. God excuse me all right let me slow down see my backyard my backyard see that's that's where I go that's where my grill is that's where I can go and find leisure and peace I can go in the backyard and don't nobody bother me and I can just go back there and listen to the bird that's where the garden is that's where Jamila can go around and, and pick and fuss about what didn't grow and what did grow it's a spot it's it's peace we we Jamila and I've been able to have some lunch out there it's a great spot we don't do that in the front yard somebody gonna drive honk their horn want to talk I don't want to talk it's the backyard. Watch, watch, watch. But the very thing I ignored didn't come against my image. It came against the area of my peace. So now all of a sudden, watch, because it's easy to look holy. It's easy to look like you got it together. Amen. But some of us got a toe up backyard in this room. And I'm telling you like this father, you got to stop normalizing the brown grass in your spirit. You got to stop normalizing. It ain't supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to be bound. It's not supposed to be broken. And I know, I know, just like this father, you might be sick of it. Just time, I'm tired of fighting. I ain't fighting no more. Just running off us. I ain't fighting. I'm done. I'm done. I'm through. I done heard more I'm done in the last eight months. I'm done. I'm done. I wonder if the Lord talked to us the way we talk about people. Every time we tell the Lord we're going to do something, every time we say it's over, if the Lord was like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm through with you. Aren't y'all grateful that the Lord ain't like us? I have to bring it to him. Let me give you my next point here. Bringing the boy to the disciples, listen to this point. This one has me bothered. Bringing the boy to the disciples was seen as the equivalent of bringing the boy to Jesus. Watch this. Can I show y'all something in the scripture? I went the wrong way. 17. One 
And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, look very closely. I brought you my son, possessed with the spirit which makes him mute. Stop right here. I brought you my son. You still ain't caught it. Let's go back another verse. Watch. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. He asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. Wait a minute. Jesus wasn't even there when the whole conversation began. Jesus shows up on the scene, sees them talking. Y'all with me? Sees them talking, says, what y'all over here talking about? Somebody comes out of that crowd, out of a conversation that Jesus wasn't a part of, comes to Jesus and says, I brought you my son. He, look, watch, 18. Whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples, go back to verse 17. I brought you, 18. I told your disciples, wait a minute. Jesus wasn't there when the father brought the boy to the disciples. But the father said, I brought the boy to you. Because the father said, if, they if they're your disciples, they're you. Okay. The I looked at every version I could just to make sure I wasn't crazy. I looked at the KJV, the ESV, the NIV, the NLT, the HCSB. I even looked at the message. I wanted to make sure that every verse said, I brought you. How many people got a broken situation who bring it to you? And then when you can't do it, they stop believing in Jesus. Because they couldn't see Jesus in you. No, 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 Bishop, no, Bishop. He was talking to the disciples. Stop. Discipleship is not reserved to leadership. Discipleship is not reserved to leadership. You do not become a disciple just because you're a leader. Watch this. The Bible says in the book of Acts that the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch, which means everybody that's a Christian is a disciple. So when he's referring to the disciples, he ain't referring to some special group. He's referring to us, which means somebody ought to be able to bring you a problem and get Jesus out of you. And when you fail them, an unbeliever will believe that Jesus has failed. It's quiet in this room. And we talking about, I'm just trying to stay out the way. If we stay out the way, where do miracles come from? If we stay out the way, where does deliverance come from? The Lord gonna do it, through who? He uses people. I'm not a people person. How? 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 Just because you have become something through a set of behaviors or historical preference does not mean that that is God's original design. Oh, come on now. 
throughout the entire scripture. God did not create a body of Christ to be an individual arrogant. Individualism is not biblical. Collectivism is biblical. Individualism says it is all about me. Collectivism says it's all about the body. Individualism says I want to get mine. Collectivism says if you don't get yours, I'm just as hurt. Individualism says I don't care what you think. Collectivism says we're one body, many members. Individualism says all I care about is my needs. Collectivism says that I can't do it without you. Individualism says I'm coming to church to get what I need. Collectivism says I'm coming to church to be a part of a greater body of Christ, a body of believers who are coming against the gates of hell, a body of believers who are trying to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. Individualism is not godly. Trying to be, trying to be unique. trying to brand your spirituality. You just being yourself. Amen. Amen. So bringing the boy to the disciples was seen as bringing the boy to Jesus himself. We're giving people a bad impression, y'all. They keep coming to the church and getting a service and no power. Who he showed, they preach. Who got saved, healed, and delivered. I'm coming against this stubborn thing in here. Because I need y'all to understand, this spirit that this boy had, he's had it. It didn't just show up. Let's be honest with each other. How many of us been dealing with stuff a long time? Watch, let me help you. Let me go further. Some of the stuff you've been dealing with a long time and hiding is hurting new relationships you're just acquiring. Okay, okay, okay. You mess around and you're not honest with yourself or others about the hidden things that you haven't been delivered from, but you're able to have a beautiful front yard. But then you get into a relationship and they peer behind your, the back of your house. And now all of a sudden, you are a danger to your new connectivity. Are y'all with me? You're a danger to it. Let me move on. He brought this boy with the condition that had already taken, watch this, complete hold of him. Look at what it says. Let me go back. I brought you my son possessed. Say possessed. He doesn't say I brought you my son who every once in a while has a problem. Or I brought you my son, he a little messed up. No, I brought you the kid possessed, which means what he dealing with has taken hold. Somebody say never too hard. See, for many of us, once that thing done really took hold, we like, oh no, it's, it's too far gone. Anybody ever felt too far gone? It's too far gone. It's too far gone. I can't come back. I can't come back. I can't come back. He was already possessed. And look, whenever it seizes him, slams him to the ground, foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, stiffens out. Here's the thing. If it was you, you would want to be helped. 
But when it's somebody connected to you, you say it's too much. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. God is not overwhelmed by how big it is. Well, well, when do I know that it's just, it just can't return? How much faith you got? How long has it been in the grave? Has the stone been rolled in front of it? Is it stinking yet? None of those things? God still. Matter of fact, God might very well be waiting for it to die. Just so, watch this, you can see that he can bring back a dead thing. Amen. The father recognized, watch, that the behavior of the son, here's where we get in trouble, y'all, was caused by a demon. It wasn't caused by the boy. The behavior was caused by the devil. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians, we wrestle not, right, against flesh and blood. Our job is to separate the person from their problem. The father, bringing the boy to Jesus, recognized, look at his language. Whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth. Let's read it again. Whenever it seizes him, that's the demon, it slams him to the ground, watch, and he foams at the mouth. So I see the fruit of the demon in him, but he's not the demon. Think about some of the people you won't forgive. What's causing that behavior? Have you been able to differentiate the devil from the person? But they said this. I know what they said, but what is the it that made them say it? Are you saying not to hold people accountable? I'm telling you to be mature. I'm telling you to operate like you got the power of God in you to whoop the devil while you maintain the person. It seizes him. It slams him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. The fruit of the behavior I was able to separate that is what the father was saying. I can separate what my child is doing from who my child is. Y'all hear me? That doesn't mean that you're not willing to bring deliverance to your household. Because some of us are coddling demons. Playing with them. Feeding demons and stuff. Don't coddle the demon in your house. I'm telling you to recognize it. Amen. Because some of us who, who have already recognized we ain't got no power over the demon because we got a demon in us too. Because we recognize that if I try to come against this demon, I'm going to be exposed for what I don't have. Okay, let me give it to you this way. You ever seen somebody just let somebody talk to them crazy? Because they know they can't fight? I ain't going to say nothing. But then they get around somebody else and talk real huge. Get around the person who's talking, they ain't got nothing to say. Because watch this, they recognize if I open my mouth, what I can't do will be exposed. Some of us are like that when a demon is in your house. You recognize 
if I get to open in my mouth, I might expose the fact that I don't pray. I might expose the fact that I don't study my word. Because demons have no problems attacking you. Amen. And so watch, 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 watch. Let me, let me give. He recognized. It is the one seizing him. It is the one slamming him to the ground. And, and we have written more people off because of their oppression and possession than we have tried to pray for them. I'm just, I'm just not dealing with it. I'm just not dealing with it no more. I'm just not dealing. Well, okay. What if the Lord did you like that? Quiet in here this morning. Amen. Well, Bishop, you know, I just don't know how much I'm supposed to take. Let me tell you something here. Sometimes the situation you're in is more for you than it is for them. Sometimes the Lord got to show you, you ain't where you thought you was. But here's, here's my next issue. I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. I told y'all it took faith for him to bring him. Can y'all imagine the blow to the father's faith? I finally mustered up enough faith to bring him, and they couldn't do nothing with him. I finally mustered up enough faith to go to church, and didn't nobody say good morning to me. Okay, y'all. I finally mustered up enough faith to come to church and I spoke to somebody and they didn't speak back. See, you got to recognize you never know what somebody is going through when they step into God's house. And, 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 and oh, come on now. And, well, I'm going through. No, no, no. I told you individualism is not what God wants. Collectivism is what he wants. We have to treat people. Here, but you know what? Here's what God has been teaching me, continues to teach me. The Bible says, love your neighbor. What? As you love yourself. Let's do it again. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you cannot love your neighbor. But some of us have a love yourself facade, but don't love your neighbor fruit. You walking around like you love yourself, but your fruit demonstrates that you don't. Because if you love yourself, you don't have problem loving your neighbor. If you love yourself, you don't have no problem caring for your neighbor, going out of your way for your neighbor, speaking to your neighbor, if you love yourself. But if you don't love yourself, you ain't trying to be bothered with your neighbor. Amen? All right, let's move on. He answered them and said, oh, unbelief. Jesus got attitude now. Oh, unbelieving generation. Not an unbelieving person. You, your whole generation. <laughs> Let me speak something apostolically over this house. Let me say this. I truly have come to believe that certain spirits attack whole generations. You know how we have labeled like Gen X, Gen Y, baby boomers, millennials. There are certain spirits that attack entire generations. 
This is why they can take a generation, categorize it by the culture and their behaviors. At some point, we have to recognize that if we're going to be the church, we have to come against the generational demons that is trying to take out our city. Amen. Have y'all not paid attention of what's going on in this city? This city has a particular overarching strong man. The strong man of our community is not only poverty, but it's shame, it's promiscuity. Come on, y'all. We're actually, watch this, we actually live in an entire shame culture. Okay. A culture of shame is more concerned about what somebody thinks about their behavior than the behavior itself. A culture of shame will do certain things in order to get a response out of people because it's the response that they crave. And watch this, they crave the response immediately. And so when you have a culture of shame, I'll do what I do in order to get you to respond to me on the spot, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I want you to respond to me immediately. This is why people on the ancillaries of this generation, people like a above 50 can't understand why the generation below them spend all of their waking minutes with their phone in their hand. Can't you put that phone down? 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 They can't put that phone down because that phone, watch this, is their lifeline to their very identity. If they don't receive an immediate feedback from the lie that they just composed, they feel an immediate shame and therefore they're unable to function. Why? Because the research says that literally the mind of those that has been connected to social media gets rewired to the point where they can no longer differentiate a conversation in front of them from a conversation on their phone. They do not know the difference in talking to you face to face from sending you a text. It's quiet in here. And because they don't know the difference, this is why parents, you can call your kid's name and they won't hear you. Because they're engaged in another face to face conversation. You're like, no, they're not. They on that phone. They on that video game. Not to them. Not to their hippocampus, not to their brain, which has been rewired with an inability to understand that what is on the other side of that phone doesn't mean as much as what's in their face. This is why many of us actually never get delivered. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Watch, if I can create a false reality in social media, which allows me to mask the fact that I am really possessed or oppressed, I keep feeding the false reality in social media, and then every day I got to wake up to make myself believe that I'm in a state that I'm really not in and I walk around like I'm delivered I post like I'm delivered I post like I'm free but the truth is really on the other side in my backyard which says I am tore up I'm broken I'm wounded I got habits I got issues I don't want to tell nobody because I got too much shame I don't want to tell nobody because I don't want to tell the truth we are just like this man Just like him. 
chipping through. Lord, can you do something with me? I've been like this my whole life. Lord, like, not only can I, I want to. Look, look. They brought the boy to him when he saw him immediately. Okay, I need to say this. Y'all okay? When he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into convulsions. Verse 20 got me, y'all. He right there. He about to get help. You about to get help. There's Jesus. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it showed out. And for many of us, this is when we say, see, I done come to counseling and you acting up in here. Of course you are. Because anytime a demon comes before the anointing, okay. This is why I can't go through counseling. This is why I can't go, oh, I'm coming against this mental health. This is why I don't need counseling because every time we come to counseling, every time we come to counseling, you act up. Of course it acts up because a demon is in the presence of its evictor. Of course it's acting up. So every time you come into a place where victory is about to be present, you got to expect an episode. You can't run away just because the devil is being the devil. You got to understand greater. Is he that's within me than he that's within the world show up to counseling and that thing act up you gotta say that's exactly what I thought you was gonna do because you are this your last day it's your last day you coming out here today but what happened to many of us watch I ain't going back to counseling because I ain't gonna be embarrassed huh I ain't going back. I don't need counseling. Black men. I know. Culture says that, you know, black men, we strong. We lift strong things. Not scared of the boogeyman. I'm black man. I'm strong. I'm mighty. No, some of us need some for real counseling, men. Come on now. You don't know your father or you don't like your father. I'm coming. Okay, I'm coming around here. You don't know your father, you don't like your father. The only person that you consider your father was the OG on the block. Come on now, he taught you how to connive over woman and sell dope. You seen an uncle that went been in and out of jail, and now all of a sudden you trying to be somebody's husband and somebody's father? No, you told up. You need to get under somebody who about to be a good influence. But the world done told you that to get under somebody is weak. The world told you that to get under somebody, you was come on, can't nobody tell me what to do. I'm a man's man. No, that's not the way this works if Jesus fully man fully God was willing to submit to the father what makes us think that we can't submit to somebody who got something to pour out of their cup to us and then when it's time for you to go get help you don't want to tell the truth you want to sit in there with your arms folded and your lips poked out as if you so strong because you done lifted some weights listen the work that you do in the gym ain't got nothing on somebody who got power in the Holy Ghost. You can always tell a weak man by somebody who always want to talk about what they'll do to you if you talk to them crazy. Because a strong man don't make threats. No, strong men don't make threats. My father taught me don't pull it unless you're going to use it. 
Come on, strong men don't make threats. That ain't what we do. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, weak men got to make threats. Weak men got to yell. Weak men got to scream. Strong men operate in silence. But watch this. You got to be under a strong man. You got to have a strong man blueprint. You got to see some strong men. And I come against that spirit in the church that has been, watch this, so void of real legitimate men in the church. Come on now. And the reason we're void of legitimate men is because every time a man tries to make a man out of a boy, that boy act up and a man say, I'm tired. Like this. Just like what the scripture says. Huh? You come before the counselor and act out. I would like to say before y'all, of course it does. Amen. He asked his father, I love the way Jesus handles this, Sean. That boy down there foaming. Seriously, he foaming, convulsing. Jesus just as calm. How long you been doing this? Some of us are panicking when you need to be strategizing. I praise God for the people that God has put in my life that will check me when I panic. Come on, you got to have some people in your life that when they see you panicking, will slap mess out of you, however they do it. I got a couple of them, they in this room. They'll be like, hey! You right, you right, you right. You right, I was about to mess around and forget who God was, my bad. I'm back. But watch, if you're unwilling to submit, can't nobody tell you nothing. It is often, watch this. Let's go back to 22, 21. How long has this been happening to him? I'm about, to, I'm about to close up. He said from childhood. He been doing this since he was a little boy. Like many of us. The issues we're dealing with now didn't start now. Amen. It started when you saw something you wasn't supposed to see. Heard something you wasn't supposed to hear. Experienced something you wasn't supposed to experience. Was taken advantage of when you wasn't supposed to be taken advantage of. When, when an older cousin dipped you into, come on y'all not in here. I'm coming against that demon. That's when that stuff start happening. This is when all of a sudden you start trying to find your manhood. When somebody felt like, when you felt like somebody took it from you and you didn't have no control. So when you got big enough, you decided to make everybody a conquest. You know, when you felt like somebody took your womanhood, when somebody robbed you of something, robbed you of your purity, robbed you of, of, of the ability to be special, robbed you of all of that. Now all of a sudden you just wild out. But it's never too hard. God is like, I can fix that. No, 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 Bishop, you don't understand. I've been doing this for as long as I can remember. And God is like, I've been God for as long as I can remember. Matter of fact, I was God before you was you. Bishop, that's all, that's all I've ever seen. That's all I've ever seen. God said, that's all I've ever seen too. Matter of fact, let me tell you what I've never seen. The righteous forsaken. Nor his seed go begging bread. So he says from childhood, it, back to that spirit, has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water. Watch this. 
to destroy him. I'm out of time. I need to say it just like this. Please understand how savvy this dad was. He said, my son, I know it's a demon. But I also know what the demon's desire is. I recognize that even though the behavior of the demon is affecting me, the demon don't want me, it wants him. I love him so much that I refuse to let him alone because the demon really don't want me. I'm not possessed. I might be dealing with the effects of the possession, but when you really love somebody, come on, this thing, this is, this is, when you really love somebody, you don't walk away from that. When you really love, oh, I feel like screaming. When you really love somebody, you don't leave them all by themselves. When you really love them, when you really love them, you understand. You acting a stark raving fool right now, but that ain't you. That's it. And that is trying to kill you. So listen, I can't do nothing for you, but I'm gonna bring you to somebody who can. I might not be able to do it. Come on in this room. I'm talking about when you really love somebody, not this little play love, not infatuation, not you cute. Now wear that short skirt again. I'm talking about for real love. Not I love it when you look at me like that. No, no, no. I'm talking about morning breath love. Hair all over your head love. Stocking cap love. Slide your foot isotoner house you love. That type of love. Let me go further. The love that don't hold your mistakes against you love. Patient love. Kind love. Love that ain't easily provoked love. Love that is able to recognize that's not you. That's it. And I'm not going to let it get you because I love you so much that I'm about to separate you from it. I'm coming against it because I'm in love with you. How in the world we keep giving up? I'm going to stop there. We keep giving up. Giving up on people just because they got an issue. You see how they acting? See, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Notice it said, it has often thrown him. It has, somebody say often. Then that father say, he do this often. I've heard it. How much of this I'm supposed to take? Well, he was taking it often. I just ain't that strong. That's not the demon's fault. It's ours. I just ain't there yet. In the words of Michael Jackson, get there then. And I say that with love. He spelled it L-O-V-E. What am I supposed to do, Bishop? 
If you don't have what it takes to bring deliverance, bring them to somebody who does. James says it like this. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders. Huh? And the prayer of faith will save the one who was sick. Watch this. And if he has been committed, if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven too. Oh Lord. Somebody say never too hard. <laughs>